Hey, good morning, everybody. Welcome to Cedar Valley Church. My name is Grant. I'm John. And we're here to get the service started for you. Uh, yeah, if this is your first time here, special welcome to you. Uh, we would love to get you to know you better, and you can help us doing that by giving us a shout at hello at cedarvalley.ca or even just dropping a comment here. Sides or yeah. the bottom, wherever you're watching from. Facebook, by the way, is a better place to be watching from if you want to interact and comment. Uh, we do actually have more people viewing on YouTube regularly, but not as much commenting. So it's fun to get that interaction, see how people are interacting with the service, how it's impacting them, the reflections, and we do throw out some interactive questions too during the service. Uh, one of the best ways for all of you to get informed, to stay up to date with the stuff of what's happening Cedar Valley, different events we're doing, devotional posts, prayer updates and requests, and what the fall is gonna look like for us, make sure you're following us on Facebook, Instagram, subscribe to our YouTube channel, and you can sign up for our weekly email newsletter at cedarvalley.ca. There's a newsletter link at the bottom of the page or a pop-up. And uh, make sure as well that they're not going to spam because those are some really good information updates and stuff like that. Yeah. Uh, yeah, and if you've been impacted by our online church services, spread the news. Um, hit that share button. There's share buttons, that's what those are. Yeah, they look different on each platform, but that's one yeah. of them, one of the forms. Yeah, that's, that's a share button. So hit it and share the service um, and invite your friends and family uh, to join you um, every Sunday for church. Yeah, so we wanna thank all of you for your ongoing support and just faithful service and giving to the church that's just helped us continue throughout the season, even when we can't see each other every single week. And we're back to in line or in person and online. Uh, some of you are still watching from home, which is fantastic. And that's why we are continuing this service and we're gonna keep it going just to keep everyone engaged and connected as best as possible. But that takes some efforts and resources. And uh, we believe too that it's not just about fundraising. We actually think that being faithful and trusting with God with our giving and resources and finances is actually a huge part of following Jesus. It's part of our worship. Um, yeah. Yeah, and if you've come prepared to give this morning, uh, you can find ways to donate at cedarvalley.ca slash give. Um, or if you're on campus this morning, um, there are some tables set up at the entrances, the auditoriums. I'm pointing, you can't really see right now, but they're <laughs> over there. Um, yeah, they have information on how you can support the work and ministry of Cedar Valley Church. Yeah, and I did forget, I remembered an announcement, didn't write it down on here, but on August 14th, that's a Saturday, we're having a work day just to help tidy up the campus here, do a little bit of work around, some cleaning up, some organizing, and it's just a helpful way for us to get together and make sure we're ready to go for the fall. Um, that's August 14th, Saturday from 9 o'clock to 12. And uh, there's a, a couple misinformation dates in there, but we'll just say one more time, August 14th, work day, lots of help required, lots of fun stuff to do, activities, everything from painting, repairing, maintaining, or just cleaning up. If you love organizing and throwing stuff out, this is the place for you. Yeah, there's a lot to do. Yeah, so let's just start this morning off with a time of prayer. So join me in that. Dear Heavenly Father, thank you for this day. God, thank you for uh, just another service this weekend. It's not just Sundays, God. You're present in our lives every single minute of every hour of every day. It's not just here at the church or at home or where we're watching, God. You're present in our lives constantly. Thank you for that. that just thing that makes you so unique, that relationship with you that transcends a place or a time. Uh, God, I just pray, pray that you bless the service, bless the offering that's been given up to your work so freely god that we're able to as a church use those resources well for your kingdom for your initiatives god for your justice that you're enacting in this world to just bring your gospel further and god we also just want to lift up the uh there's so many memorial services happening uh these days right now these weeks and families are grieving we're also celebrating life as people are joining you in a different plane on the other side of this life god so be present in that time, God, your compassion, your love in those times that we miss people who are not here anymore, God. I just pray that you are with those families and all those who are affected by people who've passed away this uh, past year and uh, help them celebrate and grieve well at these services. God, we just pray that you bless this service and we have ears to hear something new, to give us a new sense of who you are and how you're working in our lives and that we can apply what we learned this morning into our lives immediately from here. So we pray all these things in your name, amen. Amen. Um, yeah, we're gonna get the service started shortly, um, being led in a time of worship, singing with some songs recorded by our own worship ministry. Um, there'll be lyrics on screen. Um, we invite you to join in however you feel most comfortable. 
And after that, we have a fun little lesson just for the kids. We've got a video this morning and uh, we try to also every single week keep some online resources sent out to the parents that's engage in faith conversations at home and we send those out by email. So if you aren't getting those, send Pastor Doug an email. That's douglas at cervalley.ca. We'll get those out to you. And if you are here in person or on campus, watching the service too. In the back in the lobby, we're gonna have a few of those same activity sheets for you to just enjoy. So head on back there. Yeah. Um, yeah, and after kids lesson, um, we're gonna get into our summer series on evangelism or sharing the gospel. Again, that way it says share, <laughs> share buttons, sharing the gospel. Um, yeah, and Pastor Doug is bringing us a message on that. Sweet. So before we get into all of that, we have a good service in store. Uh, if you're watching live, and even if you are on campus too, get out your phone, hop into the Facebook or YouTube thread and hit up the chat section. We've got a little question icebreaker for you this morning. So as we're going, our previous series we were doing was going through the Gospel of John, a whole bunch. This one we have an anchor verse in uh, Romans 10, 14. And we're even trying to find different wordings because if you don't know about this, the Bible is a single book, but it's been translated from different languages into hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of other languages. And in each of those languages, there's different ways that we've interpreted them. And they're just called Bible translations and uh, not right or wrong, different ways of interacting with the original languages because uh, we have the word for love, but Greek has four different words for it. And Hebrew has like three different words for it. And so you gotta sometimes figure out what's the best way to understand our context. So different Bible translations like the NIV and the NLT and the ESV and some other acronyms and other words that are super fun. But here's a question for you. What is your go-to favorite Bible translation to read? And maybe educate us on why that is. Do you have a go-to, John? Um, I mean, I was born and raised on NIV, but um, I don't know. Sometimes, I mean, the message version is very interesting and um, I don't know, it feels a little more in, engaging sometimes, but um, yeah. Yeah, it's good to read. It's nice and easy yeah. to read. There's a new one. Maybe it's one of my favorites now. Have you heard of the Passion Translation? I've heard a little bit. Yeah, it's, it's it, yeah. kind of in the same vein almost as a message, just making a very modernized, uh, easy reading way of seeing that. We really like the language of that one. Otherwise, I'd be the same. Actually, I've been getting into ESV, which is, you know, the mm. scholars like fancy academic yeah. one, everyone's <laughs> loving that one. But let us know what your favorite one is. Give us a reason why maybe, and we'll see the list there and maybe there's some to check out. But otherwise, thanks for joining us this morning, Cedar Valley. See ya.
Cedar Valley kids, it is great to see you again today. We have another awesome video, video this morning. It is from the Saddleback Kids and it's about the farmer as he spreads his seed. Some of it grows well, some of it doesn't, and we're going to learn a little bit about how we're just, God wants us just to tell people about Jesus and how much we love him and how much Jesus loves them. And, uh, and then we'll see what happens. So watch the video. It's going to be great. See you next week. Stories of the Bible. The parable of the farmer. This is Jesus. hey Who is the Son of God and the Savior of the world. While Jesus was on earth, he taught everyone about God's love. He healed many people from their sickness, performed many miracles like calming storms, and even raised people from the dead. 
One day, Jesus went and sat beside the sea. A great crowd gathered around him. Oh, hey, everyone. So he got in a boat and told them many things in parables. Okay, listen to this. He told them this story. A farmer went out to plant some seed. As he scattered it across his field, some of the seed fell on a footpath where it was stepped on and the birds came and ate it. Other seed fell on shallow soil among rocks. The seed began to grow quickly because the soil was shallow, but the plant soon wilted under the hot sun, and since it didn't have deep roots, it died. Other seed fell among thorns that grew up and choked out the tender plants. Still, other seed fell on fertile soil, this seed grew and produced a crop that was a hundred times as much as had been planted. When Jesus had said this, he called out, anyone with ears to hear should listen and understand. Yeah? Later, the disciples came to Jesus and asked what this parable meant. Jesus said, The farmer plants seed by taking God's word to others. The seed that fell on the footpath represents those who hear the message, only to have Satan come at once and take it away. The seed on the rocky soil represents those who hear the message and immediately receive it with joy. But since they don't have deep roots, they don't last long. They fall away as soon as they have problems or are treated badly for believing God's word. The seed that fell among the thorns represents others who hear God's word, but all too quickly the message is crowded out by the worries of this life and the desire for other things. And the seed that fell on good soil represents those who hear and accept God's word and produce a harvest of 30, 60, or even a hundred times as much as had been planted. But how can people call on him for help if they have not believed? And how can they believe in one? In one they've not yet heard of. And how can they hear? How can they hear? And how can they hear the message of life? The message of life. And how can they hear the message of life? If there's no one there to proclaim it. There is a fascinating story recorded in the Bible in the book of 2 Kings, chapter 6 through to chapter 7. And it took place right around 2,800 years ago. Here's the condensed version. God dearly loved the people that he created and promised to provide and to protect those who followed him. But following God can be a difficult thing to do because, well, Unfortunately, there are times that we just want to do things our own way, even if it's the wrong way. See, now, God has previously warned his people that there would be consequences to wrong living, sinful living. And this story is one of those consequences. This story is about King Ben-Hadad of Aram. He's a bully, he's kind of a jerk. He keeps attacking the Israelites, and this time he lays siege to the city of Samaria in the hopes of starving the city into surrender. Because apparently he can't just capture it um, on his own. See, this city with its extremely high wall and hugely thick doors is shut up tight. No one is getting out, no one is getting in, and so far, so good. But when you seal up your city, 
It also means that no food or fresh water possibly is getting in. And what those who lay siege to your city know is that sooner or later, hopefully sooner, supplies will run out and things will get desperate, which is the case within the walls of Samaria. We're not told how long this siege has gone on, but there is turmoil amongst the people. For an example, to buy just the head of a donkey, maybe you want to boil it up and scrape a little bit of meat that's left on there. In our dollars, a thousand dollars for the head of a donkey. Conditions worsen. The entire city is on verge of starvation. Even the king himself has completely given up hope. For he's seen walking around the city up on top of the wall in a burlap sack, a sign of utter desperation. All are doomed. But this story is also about how God miraculously intervenes on Samaria's behalf. After what is almost an, a successful siege, one night, once this invading army of the Arameans is all tucked in for the night, God causes them to hear the ground-shaking approach of what they believe to be a mass army of horses and chariots. The Aramean army flees in panic, running for their lives in the darkness of night, abandoning their tents, their horses, their weapons, their food, all of their supplies. In the chaos, in the confusion, and in the fear, they leave behind a trail of clothing, equipment, scattered along the road as they run. Yea, God, he won the battle without even a fight. But wait, there's more to this story. There is a, another significant part to this story. And you know what? It displays, it portrays the very heart of evangelism. This part of the story is about four guys, just ordinary, regular guys. Well, they had been ordinary, regular guys until that day that they discovered that they weren't. You see, they had leprosy, a nasty, contagious disease. And as lepers, they were shunned from their community. And in their case, shunned right outside of the city's walls. Now, they have the city closed up on one side. They have the invading army on the other side. And they're left to fend for themselves right in the middle. In the middle. So, they begin to think and to talk, these four men. So their own people won't go near them. The invading army won't go near them. So they say to themselves, you know what, if we stay here, we're going to die, no food. If we try to get back into the city, we will die. There's no food there either. So how about we try going over to the enemy's camp if they kill us, we die. Same result as if we stay or try to get back into the city. But maybe they will spare our lives and then we live. Let's give it a go. So, off they go to the enemy's camp. Now, God has just beat them there and now all is quiet. Weird. The invaders are gone. 
but all their stuff is still there. It is party time for these guys. They ate and they drank until they could eat and drink no more. And then they start collecting stuff. Silver, gold, clothes. They had so much they, they couldn't hold on to it. They had nowhere else to put it. And so they started digging holes to hide it. This was the best ever. And then they stopped. What was that? Did you hear something? Are they coming back? No. Well, what then? Well, that's when one of them says, hey, hey guys, this isn't right. And it's like at the same time, they, they all realized it together. This was not something they should be keeping to themselves. And it's recorded in 2 Kings chapter 7 that they said, what we are doing is not right. This is a day of good news and we are keeping it to ourselves. Let's go at once and tell the others. Everybody back, hold up, starving in the city of Samaria. What an incredible moment they stop and they realize. This was such good news. They couldn't keep it to themselves. They had to go and tell the others. I really like the way Charles Spurgeon puts it. A preacher and theologian from, from years back. But he says, If the only result of our religion is the comfort of our poor little souls, if the beginning and the end of piety is contained within oneself, then isn't it a strange thing to be in connection with the unselfish Jesus and to be known as the fruit of his gracious spirit? Surely, Jesus did not come to save us that we might live unto ourselves. He came to save us from selfishness. Jesus did not come to save us that we might live unto ourselves. And that, that is evangelism. We do not have what Jesus has given to keep it to ourselves. And it's interesting, this story that we discovered way back when, in the times of what we called the Old Testament, these four, they enjoyed the feast first before they told others about it. You know, we cannot properly share the good news of Jesus unless we ourselves are truly enjoying it. If you don't really like being a Christian, if believing in Jesus just isn't doing it for you, then you know what? You're not going to tell anyone. If we are not thrilled about the new life that Jesus has given to us, then why would we share it with anyone else? And so maybe for some of us, we have to rediscover or newly discover who Jesus really is and what he has actually done and continues to do through his life and death and resurrection, demonstrating God's grace to remove our sin, to give us new life. Remember in John 10, 10, he said, my purpose is to give them, his purpose is to give us a rich and satisfying life. 
Now that's worth talking about. See, and also, for us to truly believe that it only in Jesus is salvation found. See, otherwise there's really no need for it. Otherwise this news really isn't that great of good news after all. If there was another way to salvation. And in Acts chapter 4 verse 12 we read, Salvation is found in no one else. For there is no other name given under heaven by which we must be saved. Jesus is it. He's the one. Salvation, life, rich, fulfilling. See, and it's interesting to know that these four guys, together they decided, hey, this is what we must do. One didn't run off all on his own and the rest stayed there and partied unto themselves and he decided, we are all going to go together. And know this, you are not alone in telling the story of Jesus. You are part of a team, a community of faith of believers. In 1 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 6, we read, and we believe these are the words of Paul, I planted the seed, Apollos watered it, but God has been making it grow. See, we don't know what will happen when we share the word of Jesus, the wonderful, the good news of his life in this world. See, if we're faithfully planting the seed, we don't know who else is coming alongside and watering those people, encouraging them in what they've heard, helping them in their steps in order to believe in Jesus and grow a fulfilling life. But we're part of a team, and God is the one that makes it grow. See, evangelism is... There's a pastor by the name of, of John Piper. And he says that most morning he gets early and he jogs through his city. Before most people are moving, there's, there's some early risers and, and others who haven't quite gone to sleep yet. But as he jogs, if he sees someone on their own, he stops briefly and he says, Hey, my name is John and I jog pretty much every morning at this time. And uh, can, I, can I just pray for you in your day today? And often they say, sure. And then often that leads to a question, why would you do that? Or who are you? And then it leads to the next question is, um, how's your day going? Even though it's early in the morning, how's your night been? What are you worried about today? And could I tell you about Jesus? Could I give you some good news and maybe a day that's not going so well or you're already dreading? And he says, often that leads to a discussion about the love of Jesus, the grace of God. Evangelism is Larry Weintz. He's been in the hospital for months now. And um, I have the opportunity to, to, to visit him once in a while. And the first time I visited him, he said, um, you know, I had, had the opportunity to tell my, my roommate just before he went home about God's great love for him. And he says, the, the man was so encouraged to hear that. And also evangelism is, is Larry Weens asking that if anybody from the church would come and visit him, you are able to go just one at a time, um, once a day. But if they would write out a verse, an encouraging verse, in a card and bring it here, so it can be displayed where other people in the hospital could see it and read it, and they would also know about the love of God. And though Larry can't get up and walk around that, we prayed for him before that they amputated the, the lower part of his right leg. And yet, just because he can't go down the hall and, and share Jesus' love, 
He said, maybe through cards that people drop off with a, a word, a verse of encouragement, people in the hospital would see it and read it and see the love of Jesus. See, evangelism is simply you sharing the grace of God through the love of Jesus, um, often just by telling your story. And in the next few weeks, we're, gonna, we're going to talk about how to tell your story when you meet with people. But know that if you know Jesus, you have a story to tell. And you happen to be watching today. And if you don't know Jesus, can I tell you about him? At the church here, we would love to tell you about Jesus. Our God, we thank you for this morning, this time together, your word. God, how through these stories of old, we can see that the heartbeat of who you are. God, evangelism, evangelism is just sharing the wonder of your grace, the love of Jesus Christ for all of us. God, may we also truly believe that we have discovered the best thing ever. This is a good day because we know Jesus in the midst of all of the difficulties that surround us. And God, may we tell others of that good news, of your love, of the life that you give. God, I pray for those who aren't quite sure, do I really know Jesus? That even in this moment, as they, as they heard this story, these verses, may they, God, pray for them. And if you're listening this morning, anybody who doesn't know Jesus, um, now is the time to see the good day that Jesus is giving to you. God, thank you for your love, for your grace, for your word, for the community of the church that we can gather in person and online. God, continue with us and may we always tell um, this incredible story of your great love. Thank you for this time together. Amen. Have a great day in the summer sun the rest of this week. And we will see you again next week. All right. Thanks, everyone, for joining us this morning, too. And it's not over just yet, because here's the thing. We are adding on this extra little bit to encourage you to not just listen to church, not just watch church. I mean, if you're here on campus, too, and you've just watched on the big screen, it almost reinforces that feeling that literally whether or not we have live preaching or live worship or it's pre-recorded a screen, stuff like that, too. It's easy to get into the habit. You might have caught yourself this past year that you might have actually been in the habit for years right. and years of just like consuming church. And that's not the goal. Actually, we want this to be something that you listen to in dialogue. And as if there was a test at the end of this, how can you actually apply this to your life? So what are you thinking? How can we wrestle with this today? You, you know what? I find this story is so fascinating. Um, there's these three different parts. There's the siege. There's God doing his miracle. but. The heart of evangelism is these four guys discovering this incredible bounty and they feast on it and they realize this is so good, we have to tell other people. And uh, so, so how, do we, how do we get to that point where we say, this is so good, I can't not keep it yeah. from, <laughs> from other people hearing yeah. it, right? Yeah. Oh, that's, that's kind of the theme. You know, I've said it last week. I'm going to repeat it again because I think that's going to be, that's going to be my thing for this year is I'm going to keep pushing to you all. Right. And Rob's got a thing and Doug's got yeah. a thing we're going to yeah. push about evangelism is exactly that point. Something so good that you've got to share. You've got to talk about it. And I catch myself and I know everyone here, we yeah. all catch ourselves constantly. It's so easy to brag about other stuff like food we love <laughs> and movies we love and yeah. toys we love that's and right. whatever it is. Even yeah. sometimes it's relationships yeah. and family. Yeah. And it seems hard sometimes to take something a bit more abstract, like our relationship with Jesus, and brag about that. That's right. But I don't yeah. want to use that word bragging, because that's <laughs> almost like, guys, this is the best thing ever, the, the lepers partying yeah. and just, yeah. Yeah, no doubt. And, and then also, just kind of discovering that um, we're not in this alone. 
when Paul said that he watered, our, our, Paul planted the seed, Apollos watered, and then God caused the growth. Mm. Just understanding that it's not just me or, or you or you, you right. know, kind of out there, but the church community, we're in this together. One person yeah. doing one thing and another person influencing in another way. Yeah. Yeah. So, so how, yeah. How, how, does, how does that work out as well? I was going to say, yeah. let me interpret that by thinking it's, it's so easy to think sometimes that our story, that bragging, <clears throat> that thing that we want to share about, needs to, you know, you hear an amazing speaker has yeah. this testimony that's yeah. like, I was here down in the pits and I yeah. came up here yeah. and rocks all in 100 people yeah. turned their lives to Jesus. And you might not feel like you have that, but right. it's actually not about that. You don't have to be the whole testimony. You're a piece of it. Share your relationship that you have with Jesus, what you've experienced, what he has done in your life. And that's a piece of why we're a congregation of lots of people, why we're part of churches. Yeah. There's lots of churches because everyone collectively shares their experience of how God interacts with their life. And that in turn is an entire testimony of who Jesus is. Yeah, you know, I, I, I love that concept that we are a piece of what people need yeah. to hear on their journey to Jesus, right? Yeah. And uh, that, that's really encouraging yeah. <laughs> to so, know that, yeah. So I think a big one we want here too for this yeah. week is for people then to maybe start practicing that even in your own head. And mm -hmm. you actually have to, it, it's helpful sometimes to get your own dialogue down of like, what does it mean if someone says like, well, what, what has God been to you? Or what does That's Jesus right. mean to you? What's that? Yeah. So you got to actually practice sharing your story. So you, you're a bit quicker and you have some answers ready to go in the context. Yeah. And in a few weeks on Sunday here in our live stream, we're actually going to be talking about how to share your story. Yeah, that's so th so that's coming up. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. start ahead of time thinking about that. And, and um, a really quick model is just yeah. share the story about the time that you accepted Jesus to your spouse, to a friend, mm -hmm. to somebody close, even to your, your own mirror. Yeah. Here's the challenge though. Try using language that isn't what I'll call Christianese, mm -hmm. churchy mm -hmm. words, right? Because it's so easy to say like, I felt called or I was being <laughs> led along a path. Right. What does that mean? These are cool metaphors, but like make it real, visceral, obvious, basic that's words right. like you're trying to describe it to a five-year-old. Yeah. And that's the kind of language you need to actually communicate with somebody who hasn't grown up in church their whole life. Yeah, and if you can share it with kind of the casualness, like you would have a regular discussion with your neighbor yeah. or a coworker, you know, and then they'll receive it that much better, right? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, sweet. I uh, hope that this has been helpful. Take this kind of thing, keep dialoguing about it. If you're on campus, yeah. chat with people around right. you. If you're watching from home or you got a deck church or something like that going on, uh, just dialogue about this with someone else. That's huge to keep this going. Other than that, we'll see you next week, Cedar Valley. All right, see you, Cedar Valley.